continuing the tradition of bringing Tiger Cats fans together. This is the fifth quarter on 900 CHML. Hello, football fans in Hamilton from coast to coast and around the world. This is the fifth quarter. It's powered by Eastgate Ford on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. Tiger Cats win NBC. It wasn't the most entertaining game, but a win is a win is a win. Uh, we said that, I believe, last week after the Ticats beat Ottawa. The final at beautiful BC Play Stadium, Hamilton 13, BC 10. It's the Tiger Cats' first win in Vancouver since 2017, and the Ticats are now 8-2. and two. Their best record heading into Labor Day since 1998. On the flip side, if you're a Lions fan, eesh, it has been a rough and tumble season. One and nine now in 2019. It's the first time they've been one and nine since 1969. And in that season, they started one and ten, ultimately finishing with a record of five and eleven. Lots to talk about tonight. We're going to get your calls, your emails, your tweets. We're broadcasting live on CHML's Facebook page as well. You can chime in on that social media platform to give us your thoughts on today's game. And you can also vote for your player of the game on CHML's Facebook page. You can email Rick at 900CHML.com. On Twitter at Rick Samprin at AM900CHML. And, of course, the phone number is... As you probably already know, 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. There was a milestone tonight as well in this football game. Mike Riley hitting the 30,000 passing yards plateau. So congrats to Riley, but I'm sure he'd trade many of those yards for a few more wins uh, this season. A lot of sacks tonight. Primarily from the Tiger Cats, which was great to see. A lot of turnovers, too. was somewhat of a sloppy game. A lot of penalties as well. So, as I mentioned, lots to talk about. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. We're going to broadcast live until 2 a.m. So, if you are wide awake or just barely keeping your eyes open, because that game was certainly kept us on edge, uh, give us a call or send us a tweet or an email or a message on our Facebook page. Let's start at the top of the deck, and Dave is called into the fifth quarter. Dave, thanks for calling. Again, uh, you're right. Another uh, ugly win, but a win is a win. Um, yeah, they got to win these ones. These are the ones they got to win. I uh, wasn't happy with the officiating tonight. Um, there was uh, some some roughing calls I think should have went to BC rather than us. I uh, wasn't happy about some of our bad discipline as, as well. Um, you know, we took uh, a few late hits on the quarterbacks, on the quarterback, which I think could have been avoided. Uh, player of the game, I like the whole defensive line. I mean, you know, they, are, they were great. Um, of course, then again, BC's offensive line is nothing to write home about. But uh, Wynn would be my player of the game, I guess. He had the three sacks as well. I kind of agree the guys on TSN. Um, what happened to what happened to Tasker? Um, these injuries are just getting crazy. Uh, yeah, Tasker thus far uh, is listed as an undisclosed injury. He's on the one week injured list. My guess is, and I don't have confirmation on this. This is pure speculation. Is that he's re-aggravated or his shoulder slash rib? I couldn't remember if it was a shoulder or rib that he had hurt earlier on. Is acting up again or bugging him again? That's all that I can think of. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's what I was thinking too. I was, I was wondering about that. If that might have been the problem too, and uh, poor Tracy getting hurt the warm up. I mean, Jesus, it just uh, keeps getting better, doesn't it? Yeah. When's the last time with any team we saw a player get injured in pregame warm ups? That is extremely rare. Absolutely, uh, freak things and just uh, more bad luck on the cats. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, like I say, these they're winning the games they have to. I mean, when they're going on that three-game run out west, who the heck knows? Um, you know, I'm not going to pile on Dane Evans, but he has to be better. Um, but, you know, hopefully uh, the offense can pick it up. But, uh, you know, we're we got top of the record in the league so far. We're, we're eking out the wins we have to, and that might uh, give us a cushion. But uh, hopefully he'll progress. That's all i got to say. Hopefully, it'll progress. Well, you said it. You said it best when you know. Uh, you know, these are the games they have to win, and in years past, they wouldn't win these games. But they're scrapping it out and picking up two points when they can. And these, you know, by the end of the year, these wins mean a lot. Well, by into the Eastern Finals, definitely, uh, we get it, which it looks pretty likely, I would think. But you never know. Would be a big, big, big thing for us. Um, you know, our defense definitely. Uh, is, is the one that's really, uh, you know, they're the ones really uh, getting these wins for us, I think, in the last uh, few games anyhow. So good on them. And, uh, you know, hopefully the offense can improve. I mean, there's time. I mean, you know, as long as, you know, so hopefully, I'm hope, I'm hoping that Evans is going to have a breakout game. You never know it's possible, right? I think it's in him. I think he's got the tools to do so. Uh, he hasn't really put it all together. And, uh, again, tonight was another perfect example of him kind of sputtering here and there and everywhere until the third quarter when this offense kind of woke up a little bit, got some help from the BC Lions when they tried that fake punt, which was a, a horrible call by right. Devon Claybrooks. But, hey, uh, you got to take advantage of uh, other teams' mistakes, and the Ticats did that tonight. Well, that uh, for sure, and that help might not be coming in, and you can't delay these things down the road when they play the better teams. I think maybe Brandon Banks, I don't know if it's turf post still bugging them a bit, but I know they are covering them a lot better. But uh, there was a few drop passes, to be fair, as well. But, uh, you know, all in all, I mean, the offense has to get better. The defense uh, is great, and no more injuries, please. <laughs> yeah, we've had enough of those. Dave, appreciate the call. Thanks for staying, up with, uh, staying late up with us. Absolutely enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, thanks to Dave for the call. You can call in and uh, chime in on your thoughts on tonight's 13-10 to Ticats win over the BC Lions at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email rick at 900chml.com or broadcasting on CHML's Facebook page as well. You can send us a note on Facebook or on Twitter at am900chml or at Rick Zamprin. Mention that fake punt. This BC Lions team is way too undisciplined, makes too many mistakes, takes too many penalties, has bad coaching decisions. You know, that, that fake punt call was, uh, you know, Exhibit A. The challenges that Devon Claybrooks was trying to go for was Exhibit B. And, uh, you know, they're not talented enough to, you know, overcome those kind of mistakes. I mean, they got some talented players, but as a, as, a, as a whole, as a team, as a unit, they're just not putting everything together. And that's why they're 1-9 for the first time since 1969. BC committed 13 penalties tonight for 127 yards. Hamilton penalized nine times for 105 yards. Cumulatively, that's 21 penalties for 232 yards. That's a lot of penalties tonight. Both teams were kind of undisciplined. Uh, back to the phones we go. Mark has called in in the fifth quarter. Hey, Mark, how are you? 
Good. How are you, Rick? Not too bad. Thanks for calling in. Uh, no problem. Just, uh, man, it's hard to criticize a win. Uh, Dane Evans reminds me kind of like Jeremiah Mazzoli when Claros went down in 2015. He's kind of like all over the place without the interceptions. But I think, you know, Coach O knows what he's doing, and they signed him to a three-year deal. So, uh, you know, obviously they know what they're doing. Uh, eight and two. Man, it's been 21 years since we were eight and two. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh yeah, it was it. You know, it's kind of boring watching thirteen ten games, but uh, you know, I'll take the I'll take the win. I'll, I'll take the win any day of the week as well. Who's your player of the game tonight? Dylan Win for sure. They had a phenomenal game. Three sacks tonight, and that D line was ferocious. Just one more thing, like uh, with Dane Evans, like he he just seems to always concentrate on Braylon Addison for for his first look. You know, I was watching him tonight, and it seemed like every time. He got snapped the ball in the shotgun. He would look for Braylon Addison, and then if he wasn't there, then he would throw it to someone else. And a couple times he even threw it in double coverage, and it resulted in drop passes and whatever. But I think he needs to target Banks more. I know they're guarding Banks a lot more. But, yeah, you can't just concentrate on one receiver. I agree. Mark, appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. You can call in, too, at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Uh, Mark's not the first guy to mention that Dane Evans seems to be honed in on Braylon Addison, who, by the way, had seven catches for 61 yards and was targeted a game high 12 times tonight. Uh, there was a tweet earlier on in the night uh, asking that very same question. You know, why is Dane Evans honed in, focused only, it appears, on Braylon Addison. Addison's had a great season, really good player, great hands, big catch radius, can break a couple of tackles. But, yeah, when you're keying in on one guy, the defense is going to slowly move towards that one guy while still keeping an eye on guys like, you know, Brandon Banks. Uh, Speedy B with three catches, just 37 yards. Back-to-back kind of ho-hum games. For Brandon Banks, although he did a pretty good punt return tonight. Dane Evans, uh, statistically, 17 completions. He threw the ball 31 times tonight for 194 yards and two interceptions. No touchdown throws for Mr. Evans tonight. On the other side of the field, Mike Riley, 21 of 31, quite efficient, 67% completion percentage, 286 yards, one TD, and a couple of interceptions. So, I mean, the numbers won't blow you away. Riley was a little more efficient, threw for 102 more yards, and did have a TD. But again, both quarterbacks were kind of meh. We're not electrifying, just like this game. I was wondering if anyone would still be awake because that game was so... Well, it was a yawner. But it was a win for the Tiger Cats, 13-10 over the BC Lions. Hamilton now 8-2 on the season. BC is 1-9. and Remember when the Ticats were 0-8 just a couple of years ago? We know how you feel, BC. Now we kind of know what the Calgary Stampeders feel like over the last number of seasons. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have Beak on the line. We have uh, emails aplenty, tweets, and Facebook messages as well. You're listening to the fifth quarter. It's powered by Eastgate Ford on 900 CHML. (laughs) 
Another game is in the books. You're listening to the fifth quarter on 900 CHML. And thank you for doing so at this time of the day. Way too early in the morning to be calling into the postgame show. No, I'm just kidding. We want you to call in. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. It's a Saturday night slash Sunday morning, and the Ticats have just been victorious once again. They're now 8-2 and two on the year. Wow, when was the last time we said the Ticats were 8-2 and two in a season? Oh, that's right, 1998, 31 years ago. That's incredible. BC 1-9 and nine for the first time since 1969. They actually started that year 1-10, and 10, and they finished off 5-11. and 11. But that is a long time ago. Not used to that in BC. And Hamilton, by the way, winning uh, in Vancouver for the first time since 2017. Call into the show at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cellular device. You can tweet us. Use the hashtag fifth quarter at Rick Samprin at AM900CHML. Send me an email, rick at 900CHML.com, or send us a note on uh, CHML's Facebook page. We have some messages that we're going to get to in a matter of minutes. But back to the phones we go. Beak has called into the program. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Thanks for calling in. It's great. Uh, eight and two. Great from Ticats. Schedule gods were good to us. Gave it to the BC Lions after the injury. Or as I think we'd be six and four. Funny thing is, Tom Condell, the offensive coordinator, hasn't really it looked like he hasn't adjusted to Evans' game. He stayed with the same offense they had last year. So I'm wondering uh, if he's going to change the offense with scheme one. Maybe something for the media to ask. No, he's he. We've asked. He's not going to change the offense because the playbook is the playbook. The the scheme week to week is going to change, but at the end of the day, the terminology is the same, the plays are the same, basically. Uh, but the playbook is going to stay the same. Well, my prediction is we'll like we'll lose the next four games. Really? Even Labor Day? Yeah, defense is yeah. Well, Labor Day we got a chance because it's a rival and uh, it's a hype game for the team. The defense will come through for us, I think, that game. But the offense is sputtering. Disorganized play calling is rotten. Wrong times, they're calling the wrong plays. Last week, that sneak, it was, it was just, it's awful. They've got to do something uh, because this doesn't suit Evans, this offense. Well, you mentioned uh, you know losing the next four games. So I, I think they're going to win the Labor Day Classic against Toronto. But then it's the four games after that where if this offense continues to play the way they are, scoring no points in the first quarter, three in the first half, 10 in the first three quarters, they're yeah. going to get blown away by the Calgary's and the Edmontons and the Winnipeg's. Exactly. As I said, the schedule gods are worth it. We've got BC after the injury. And even Toronto, I mean, they're coming along. They've showed something. We play like that. We might not beat them. Well, who knows? Who knows? I mean, that's why they play the games. Who's your player of the game tonight? Uh, tough one. On the defensive side, the whole defense. All right. That's not a they bad pick at all. Again, they won the game for us again. Good stuff. Thanks for calling. Right, cheers. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email your thoughts on tonight's game, rick at 900chml.com. We're going to get to a couple emails in a second. On Twitter, use the hashtag fifth quarter at Rick Zamprin at AM 900 CHML. And we're also broadcasting live on CHML's Facebook page. We have some comments to get to on there as well. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the fifth quarter podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast, whether it's Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, uh, rate in review. We'd like to hear the feedback as well. 
So player of the game voting tally, we have a couple of votes for Dylan Wynn, one for the whole D. My vote is for the D line. I know I I usually vote for one player, and I was going to vote for Dylan Wynn because he's got, you know, the hat trick of sacks. But as a unit, those guys were just menacing tonight. Seven sacks tonight, three by Wynn, a couple by Davis. He had Hauser in there. Those guys, David Dean, those guys played a phenomenal game. Now, yeah, there were some times where Mike Riley had to hold the ball a little longer than he wanted to, and he got to credit the secondary in those instances because those are those coverage sacks. Riley doesn't want to throw the ball to a spot because he knows that that spot might be occupied by a Ticats player and there will be another turnover. Ticats forcing three turnovers tonight. They scored seven points off those turnovers, which really was the difference of the game because BC had a couple of turnovers but could not capitalize uh, points-wise. On those turnovers. Uh, so my vote again for the defensive line. They were just phenomenal tonight against the BC Lions. Let's head to the email. And uh, Ed says, hi, bottom line, we won but uh, by attrition. But uh, don't forget quarterback Riley is very good. Player of the game, the defense, and number two on his hit on Carter. Uh, if you missed it, yeah, Tunde Adelike unloaded on Duran Carter in one of the last plays of the game. It was a massive hit. One of those hits that's going to be shown for the next, if not a couple of weeks, couple of months, maybe even a few years. It was a thunderous hit. And a legal one at that, shoulder to shoulder. Great hit. Uh, so Ed goes on to say on his email, uh, plus the player who caught the onside kick, that was Mike Daly. Yes, we can improve, and the bad penalties must be corrected, but we can grow. Evans will just get better and better. And don't forget all the injured receivers. The QB is missing. It is better we win these rough games that have an easy time because these tough games build character and no one can take things for granted. Everyone, therefore, wants to win and work as a team. Stop putting other teams down. Montreal is going to be tough, and the Ticats are are going to have to work hard and continue to grow as a team. Ed continues to write, QB Evans will grow. Watford is a great is great as a backup, and the team is a complete team. We won, and we are number one. So enjoy it. I'm one happy puppy. Very exciting game and fun to watch. All the best, Ed. Go Ticats, go. I'll dispute the last point. It was not a very exciting game. This was a snorefest. Uh, email from, I'll just say C, because it's just C in the person's last name. I don't want, oh, it's Chris, sorry. Maybe I should read the bottom of the email. Chris writes, Rick, defense wins championships. RD led the way again in this victory with the assistance of special teams and the offense. Evans is not the only player to blame for the offensive struggles. There were at least two drop passes that were catchable, one by Banks that could have been a TD, I hope the offensive or the offense can gel better in the fall and the whole team peaks as the playoffs approach. If the Cats win the East, they only need to win two games to be Grey Cup champs. And we've seen teams in the past with 500 or losing records during the season win the Grey Cup. Take care, Chris. His player of the game is Dylan Wynn. So Dylan Wynn leading the pack with uh, three votes at the moment. Uh, one more email before we get to the tweets and uh, the Facebook Live uh, messages. 
This email is from Alan. And again, uh, phones are open until 2 a.m. this morning at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell to talk some Ticats football. Rick, it's Alan from St. Catharines. Numbers weren't great for Dane Evans tonight, but a win is a win. At 8-2, we could still finish this season the highest standings ever for a Hamilton franchise. I believe 98 or 99 when we were 12-5-1 was our best record ever so far. With Laurent and Tracy out, I thought the defensive front line played very well. Wynn was a beast tonight with three sacks and Davis with two. I think Mike Riley is wishing he never left Edmonton to chase the bunny in B.C. How many sacks has he been hit with this season? I bet he's seeing lots of birdies over his head. I thought Jalen Acklin had his best game of the season. What a twist and catch he made earlier tonight. He gets my player of the game. Let's get ready for Labor Day and pack the donut box and support this team before they're gone out west for three weeks. I'll be there making some noise Monday afternoon, that email from Allen. Another vote for Jalen Acklin. So it's Dylan Wynn with three and Acklin with two. All right, let's go to Facebook Live here. we got a number of comments coming in. We always appreciate you guys watching on Facebook, and especially at this hour of the night. These are the true Ticats fans who are watching on Facebook, chiming in on Twitter, sending me emails, calling at you know, 1 in the morning. It's great to see. So let's, let's run it down here. Brad writes, wow, Rick. How did we stay awake? <laughs> I still don't know. I got the orange Pico going. That's what's keeping me alive. <laughs> that and a Ticats win. Be much more depressing if we stayed up so late and the Ticats lost this game. And we're 7-3 and three going into Labor Day. Now, that would have been bad. But at least there's a little bit of excitement in terms of you know celebrating a win. So Brad writes, wow, Rick. How did we stay awake? Defense feasted on Riley again. Defense was stout, as always. Acklin for player of the game. And he goes on to say, last time player was injured in the pregame warm-ups was Burris, but they shot him up and he played. Yeah, that's right. Grey Cup a couple of seasons ago, or a few seasons ago now. Uh, Henry Burris was injured or tweaked his his knee injury, and they uh, gave him the the booster juice, so to speak. And he was good to go. And then they ended up winning. They won that game, right? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Bruce on uh, CHML's Facebook page says, Good morning, Rick. First, I'd like to say thanks for staying up late and doing this for us fans. Uh, it's appreciated. It was a boring but a great defense by all the Ticats tonight. Too many drop balls by the offense. But nevertheless, a win is a win, and we are still number one. Now onto the Labor Day Classic where the Ticats will destroy the Argos before the four-game West run. Player of the game is the entire defense. Yeah, I mean, the de- you know, the defense really played really well. There wasn't really a lot of letdowns at all defensively. I mean, BC really just could not get anything going. Mike Riley was getting sacked. Receivers weren't open. Their run game, you know, John White, if John White doesn't get injured tonight, this is a very different game. Because John White, the BC Lions running back, a former Ticat, a former Edmonton Eskimo, he played for a few teams here. If he does not go down, who knows what happens? Because he started with a flurry of great runs. And he had four carries for 53 yards. That was in the first quarter. He was on pace for a 200-yard game. 
but he went down with a ankle injury late in the first quarters, but a, a minute 20 left. And, uh, well, the Ticats defense probably said to themselves, thank goodness that guy's out of the game because he was tearing us up. Eight and two. That's the Hamilton Tiger Cats record after a 13-10 win over the BC Lions. We have lots more still to come. A whole half hour to go here on the fifth quarter as we'll take your calls, emails, tweets, and messages on CHML's Facebook page. You're listening to the fifth quarter. It's powered by Eastgate Ford on 900 CHML. Black and gold on the hunt for gray. This is the fifth quarter on 900 CHML. Ticats 13, Lions 10. That's the final from BC Play Stadium where Hamilton improves to 8-2 on the season. Their best record since 1998, 31 years ago. Where were you? 1998. I was in Fort McMurray, Alberta of all places. How about that? That's a long time ago. Uh, BC 1-9 for the first time since 1969. I was not around in 1969. Uh, next game for the Ticats is, uh, well, one of the biggest ones of the season. It's the biggest rivalry in the Canadian Football League. Ticats and Argonauts, the Labor Day Classic from Tim Hortons Field. A 1 p.m. kickoff will be on the air at 4 p.m., although it's only going to be on Facebook. I know that's bad news for those who love to live or love to uh, um, listen to the show on CHML. Of course, it's the main, the main avenue most people listen to the show. But on Labor Day, we're only going to be on Facebook. So you can chime in on Facebook Live. And, of course, you can send in tweets and emails. But we will not be on the radio. We're going to be, uh, well, reading the news. Playing the traffic for everybody coming back from cottage country. So, again, if you're tuning in on Labor Day, it's a Facebook-only show. And if you miss the show because, well, you're driving home from traffic and you can't catch us on the radio and you're not going to watch us on your phone while you're driving you can always download the podcast wherever you download your favorite podcasts 905-645-3221 star 9900 on your cell those are the phone numbers to call in to give me your thoughts on tonight's 13 to 10 tie cats win over bc vote for your player of the game at dylan win leads the voting brigade send us a tweet use the hashtag fifth quarter at rick zamprin at am 900 chml uh, shoot us an email as well, rick at 900chml.com, or send us a note on CHML's Facebook page. Uh, Vic has called into the program. Hey, Vic, how are you? Hey, not bad. How are you, Rick? I'm not too bad. Uh, I'm glad they won the game, but I tell you, it got a little stressful there at the end. I'm just I'm watching a game with my friend. I'm going with two minutes left. It was second down. I go, just run the clock, kill the clock, don't throw the ball. What do they do? I don't know who's calling the play. They throw the ball interception. So instead of running another 20 seconds off the clock and then the punt another 10 seconds, we wouldn't have to worry about that onside kick. I'm thinking to myself, why are you throwing the ball? Who's putting that call to throw the ball? I watch other teams. You run the ball at the end with a minute and a half, two minutes, kill the clock. You don't get the first down, you kick. At least you're taking time off the clock. What, is they, what do they do? Throw the interception. They get the ball, march down, get a touchdown. They're in a position to actually tie the game if they get the onside kick, which the clock should have ran out by then anyway. So I don't know, just your thought on that play call in there. Yeah, clock management is something that every coach, every player, every offense and defense has to be better at in this team. That was, you know, I was looking at the clock thinking, "Uh uh-oh, this this may not work out. At the end of the day, it did work out. But, yeah, clock management, uh, and it seems like BC is the worst place for it because June Jones – 
uh, a season ago. We saw what happened. Yeah, had a, had a clock management blunder. Very well. And they ended up losing that game. So, yeah, yeah that, that... the field goal instead. They punted, and we all know what happened there. Yeah, that uh, can come back to bite you in the butt, and it did for the Ticats last year. Anyways, great job. I appreciate all the effort you put into it. It's great listening to your uh, show. Thanks a lot. And who's your player of the game? I'd say uh, defense. Good stuff. Vic, thanks for the call. Have a great night. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. I have to offer a correction. I'm not sure why I'm still, I'm, I'm continuing to say 31 years ago, as Michael, David, and Scott all pointed out on Facebook, uh, 21 years ago. Yes, I'm in radio because I'm not good at math. <laughs> I don't know, 31 was stuck in my head for some reason. 21 years ago, the Ticats were 8-2 and two heading into Labor Day. So thanks for the correction. I will not make that mistake uh, again. Ticats 13, Lions 10. So, yeah, Hamilton's 8-2, and two, BC 1-8. and eight. Let's really rip through the standings real quick. So the Ticats 8-2, and two, they have an 8-point lead on the Alouettes for second place. Montreal in Toronto tomorrow. So that should be an interesting game for both teams. Uh, Montreal 4-4, four and four, Ottawa 3-7. and seven. They lost earlier today, or I guess it would have been yesterday, uh, to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Regina, 40-18. to 18. Think about this. Ottawa's first three possessions, interception, interception, interception. Dominique Davis, you're out of the game. And uh, Saskatchewan's up 17 to nothing right out of the gate. Uh, so Ottawa's 3-7. and seven. The Argos are 1-7. and seven. So I'll try to get their second victory of the season tomorrow when they host Montreal. Out west, quite the logjam between first and fourth. Winnipeg's 8-2. and two, Saskatchewan 6 and 3, Edmonton 6 and 4, Calgary is 5 and 4. The stamps of the bye week this week and uh, BC is now 1 and 9. 905-645-3221 star 9900 on your cell. Frank has dialed one of those numbers and he's called into the fifth quarter. Frank, thanks for calling. Hi, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. Oski Wee has a great wing win out in BC. You're you're drinking your orange pico. I'm having Tetley's tea. So hey, excellent. Equal. Anyway, just just a few thoughts about uh, Tommy Condell and and what kind of leash or short leash does he have on uh, Dane Evans? I uh, I never see Dane throw like a long ball when Mazzoli was in there to Banks, like a forty yard pass. Nothing. They're all very. Quick, short, outs, ins, outs, um, things like that. Like, how short? This is his fourth start, I believe. And, like, when is this leash going to be taken off? Or do you think this is what it's going to be? And if so, I don't think we're going to go not that far. I believe we're going to win the East. But what are your thoughts about that? With uh, Is Tommy putting... Dane on a short leash, or I I think the leash is really short in terms of what they're going to ask Dane Evans to do. Now that might be extended over the next few weeks as he gets more and more comfortable with not only the playbook but uh, taking that playbook into action on the field. Uh, but right well, now they they know that Evans is not Masoli. They know Evans is just into his CFL career, so they're not going to throw everything and anything at him. They're going to have him really in a confined space in terms of what they ask him to execute. 
No, I understand that, but I mean, like, even Mazzoli or, or whatever, I mean, this guy doesn't even run, like, like for a first down or, or anything like that. It just seems very bland. Hey, I'm I'm ecstatic. We beat BC. Big deal. We got six sacks tonight. Uh, Mr. Wynn is my player of the game, obviously. Their O-line is not very good. We must be up there or maybe tops in the ranks of uh, sacks right now, which is great. But, I mean, we just played Ottawa. We just played BC. And then I believe we're playing Toronto next. And um, another win. And I have, to me, Rick, it just seems funny. When we play the lesser teams, we play lesser down to them. So I'm not concerned at all when we go out to Calgary, Saskatchewan, Edmonton, Winnipeg. I I truly believe that we will perform better than what we do against weaker teams and against better teams. So your confidence, at least the offense, because the defense and the special teams have been pretty consistent oh, no, all no, year. No, 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 no problems there. I'm just saying it just seems like the old, per se, Maple Leafs thing. When you play a, a junky team, they play junky. And then when you go to a, play a better team, like the out west teams, or where like nobody out, out west is, is any better than us right now. Yeah, as a couple quarterbacks hurt and things like that. But I don't think uh, everybody's worried about us going out west for that four-game stretch. I, I believe we can take three to four games there. Easy. Wow. Okay. Don't you? Three out of... Well, what's, no, actually, like, what, what scares you? Edmonton doesn't. No, what scares me is the lack of points the offense is producing. That's what scares me. Oh, no. And that's what I'm saying to you about the leash with uh, Tommy Condell. And, like I said, uh, Brennan Banks, I think his uh, longest catch tonight was 18 yards. For Brandon Banks in specific or anybody? Brandon Banks. Uh, His longest catch of the day was 15 yards. 15 yards. Well, sorry. But, I mean, you know, when Mazzoli was there, that's what I'm saying to you about the leash with Condell. He doesn't doesn't seem to have a rapport with, with a long ball. And that's what's really confusing me with these cats, or my cats, our cats. And I... I like the guy. He's got a pretty good arm, but he just doesn't seem to to do it. Like to throw the fifty-yard strike, like and a good strike, a hell of a strike. Like you know what I mean? And and I just don't understand. Like Tommy Condell is a great offensive coordinator, and like I don't know, like. Just your report, your opinion would be great. Yeah, no, he uh, he doesn't like to stretch the field. And we saw that even in the, uh, you know, Austin Condell heyday of 2013-2014. They, well, right. they rarely threw the long ball to stretch the field. No, uh, no, of course, and that's what's blowing me away. And like, we had that attribute with Amazoli, and Dane Evans apparently supposedly have a great arm, but I have yet to see it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty vanilla at this point offensively. No, it is. But uh, hey, we're winning. It's a great thing, and uh, I don't know. I just like you said, vanilla is is such a fantastic word. And by the way, I lost another tomato to my neighbor tonight. Ah. Uh, 
God darn it, because I lost by a half a point. But anyways, hey, Oski, Wee Wee, and all that, go Cats, go. But I'm definitely not worried about facing the East or the West going out there. Like I said, it seems to me we rise when we play the better teams. And the lower teams, we just like kind of get by. I hear you. It just blows me away. Frank, appreciate the call. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Thank you, sir. Frank making some heartfelt points. The offense right now is kind of vanilla. There's not a lot of excitement. You can call it sleepy. It doesn't have a lot of intensity, a lot of explosiveness. They don't scare opponents, I don't think. Opposing defenses aren't saying, oh, here comes that juggernaut of a Ticats offense. We're shaking in our boots. That's Those are all facts. But what is also factual is that this Ticats team keeps on winning. And that's what it's all about. If Hamilton goes into the Grey Cup and scores 13 points and allows the opposition just 10 points, they're Grey Cup champions. And who cares what the offense is doing? But I am fearful of this four-game stretch after Labor Day because I think the Ticats will uh, put the Argos into a sleeper hold. Uh, That four-game stretch kind of worries me, especially because there's three consecutive games on the road. That's that's really tough. You're flying out west. You're playing some physical teams in their stadiums. That's a back-to-back-to-back. That's a tough That's a tough test. 13-10, the final. Ticants over the BC Lions. One more segment to go to get to your emails, tweets, Facebook messages, maybe a phone call or two at 905-645-3221, star 9900. You're listening to the fifth quarter. It's powered by Eastgate Ford on 900 CHML. Want to talk tie cats? Then grab your phone and call 905-645-3221. Or star 9900. This is the fifth quarter. 900 CHML. Hey, welcome back. 1310, the final. Tie cats over the lines tonight. 8 and 2. Man, that sounds fantastic. Tie cats 8 and 2 for the first time since 1998. 21 years ago. Not 31, as I mentioned earlier. Hashtag math skills are no good. Uh, next game, the Labor Day Classic, uh, comes on September the 2nd, uh, 1 p.m. start time at Tim Hortons Field. I love the 1 p.m. start time. Way better than the 6.30, and I think most people w- would agree with that. And uh, for the fifth quarter on that day, we're only going to be on Facebook, and uh, obviously on Twitter and email, but not on the radio, just on Facebook at uh, 4 p.m. or whenever the game ends. And we'll be on for an hour. And there will be no commercials, just me and you chatting, or actually just me chatting and responding to your tweets and emails and Facebook messages. Uh, send us a tweet. Use the hashtag fifth quarter at Rick Samper at AM 900 CHML. Plethora to get to. I'll get to those in a second. And uh, some Facebook messages as well. There is a another email that has come in. Uh, this one from Angelo. And he writes, hi, Rick. It wasn't pretty, but we got it done. Once again, Evans made halftime adjustments and rallied the troops for the W, but the defensive line was the story tonight. Awesome domination one-on-one. We blew them up, including Riley. Injuries are piling up. It's nice to see 8-2 and two, as this gives us a cushion in case we lose a couple. Plane ride home should be a bash. Player of the game, Win and Acklin. Cheers, Big Ange from the creek. So Angelo is quite excited that the Ticats are now 8-2, and two, and why shouldn't he be? 
Chuck on CHML's Facebook page. And thanks again for chiming in on Facebook. Got a lot of great messages on our Facebook page. He says, uh, let's be positive about this win. We are 8-2 and two and just won a game at BC Place, which has been a nightmare for us in the past. Offense needs to improve, but our defense is legendary. Let's not forget we are in first place. Oski Wee Wee. Bill on Facebook says, wins a win. Defense wins championships. Yes, it does. And offense sells tickets. And there was a lot of not, not a lot of offense tonight from either team, and there was not a lot of butts in the seats at BC Place. We're going to get more people out to BC Lions games. Although David Burley is now selling, or at least he says, he wants to sell the franchise. He said that before, but he's 78 now, and I think this, this might be true this time. Chuck writes a PS player of the game, the defense. So another vote for the black and gold D, although Dylan Wynn is leading the pack with five votes for player of the game. Michael on Twitter, great yet ugly win by the Ticats. Dane Evans of the offense needs to improve consistency. Defense outstanding under adversity. Player of the game for me is the D-line. Michael and I have the same thought. The D-line carried the game today. And David says, Acklin and Addison are my co-players of the game. So we'll give a vote to both of those guys. And uh, statistically, Jalen Acklin led the Ticats tonight in receiving yards. He had six catches for 91 yards. Addison, seven for 61. Brandon Banks, only three catches for 37 yards. And Anthony Coombs is the only other guy with a catch for five yards. So four receivers with receptions tonight. That's uh, not a heck of a lot. In comparison, BC had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different receivers. Deron Carter just one catch for one yard. That's no good. On the ground, uh, Cameron Marshall, uh, 13 carries for 66 yards. He was a force. He had a pretty decent game tonight. And for BC, I mentioned John White just in one quarter of action, actually less than a quarter of action because he was hurt with about a minute and 20 left to play in the first quarter. Four carries, 53 yards for John White. And Wayne Moore had nine carries for 36 yards. All right, let's get to some tweets. We had a lot of tweets coming in tonight. Jeff writes, uh, they played cleaner football in the pouring rain in Edmonton last night. Bruce says, was a boring but a great defense uh, by all the Ticats tonight, too many drop balls, but the offense, but nevertheless, a win is win, and we're number one. Now onto the Labor Day Classic, where the Ticats will destroy the Argos before the four-game West run. Brad says, it was slow and ugly, but it was a win. Nonetheless, Ackland player of the game, because why not? Hashtag Oski Wee Wee. Bev says, hi Rick, player of the game, Mike Daly. Defensive game, now on to Labor Day. Brian says, Tabby's win, listening from Pittsburgh. Thanks, Brian. Jim tweets, uh, not the prettiest game, and it sure tested my bedtime, but a win is a win. I lost track of how many sacks the D got. Win is my player of the game. Oski, wee wee, I'm going to bed, fifth quarter. I wonder if Jim is in bed listening right now, or if he has already dozed off to sleep, and he'll download the podcast tomorrow morning, and he'll hear me read his tweet. And how strange is that, as he is sleeping, and I'm reading his tweet. Phenomenal. 
Bill on Twitter says, A win is a win, and being 8-2 and two is impressive, but this Cat team just doesn't feel like a real contender. Evans is learning on the fly, but need all three faces to win a great cup, and this offense doesn't seem to be championship caliber. The D and special teams need more from the O. Matthew on Twitter, tweeting at Rick Samprin. Big ugly win for the Ticats tonight. Defense played great, but the offense has to do a better job at finishing drives and putting up points. My player of the game goes to the D-line because they were outstanding today. Now the road for the D-line. D-line's coming up. Coming up in the fast lane. Allen on Twitter says, Good morning, Rick. I'd like to take a minute to rant about BC head coach Clay Brooks. Wear your hat like an adult on the sidelines and dress like you want to win a football game, not out there looking like you're coaching your son's tyke football game. Stinging words from Allen. Got a point, though. He's got the CC Sabathia uh, headgear look going. The kind of cap off to one side. Daver says this offense needs to start progressing two weak opponents in a row, and the O is still struggling. Player of the game, the D-line. The defense wins another for us. Wynn and Davis were dominating. Dean looked good, too. A win is a win on a Labor Day. Let's enjoy 8-2. Hashtag fifth quarter. So yet another vote for the D-line. D-line up to four. Dylan Wynn's got six. This player of the game battle is more exciting than the game itself. Jeff on Twitter says, So yeah, boring game, but a win is a win. I'm happy. I'd like to give player of the game to my girlfriend, Candace for staying up and watching with me. She's listening. Bonus points for me if you read this live. Jeff, you just got those bonus points. Oski Wee Wee. That might be our tweet of the year. <laughs> Jeff and Candace have a great evening or morning. Joe says, we got lucky again with this win. Let's hope we get some players back and stop the injury bug. Player of the game has to be the defense. I'm still chuckling at Jeff's, email, or Jeff's tweet. Michael says, Evan's growth is slow but hasn't lost us a game yet either. Uh, Want to see some big steps on Labor Day before the schedule becomes difficult. Player of the game, Hauser, played well with almost zero notice uh, he was starting. Yeah, because he came in because uh, Adrian Tracy was out. Richard tweets, player of the game, Jalen Acklin. Some great catches tonight. 15-yard penalty should not have been called as it was pretty minor. Yeah, that was chintzy. Uh, defense did their part considering they were on the field for most of the game, kept the pressure and speed for the full 60. Jeanette writes, yeah, agree, penalty was a bit more when it was just a little bump and then chirping. And uh, Brian, I think this is a reference to my 21 instead of 31 years. We all knew what you meant. I think I tweeted him back, yeah, I suck at math. So Acklin with another vote, he's up to five. Uh, but Dylan Wynn is going to win the player of the game voting results. Strong game. Three sacks tonight. A big factor and the Ticats improving to 8-2. and two. Yeah, we want to see more out of this offense. We want to see more yards. We definitely want to see more points. The defense is playing great. Special teams is good. There's not a lot to complain about. But there is things that we want to see improved. Uh, Raymond on our Facebook page says, What teams do you think are the biggest threats to the Ticats? whether regular season or postseason, I think the biggest threat right now is the team they're going to face twice over the next five weeks, and that's the Edmonton Eskimos. I just have this feeling about Edmonton. Just have this feeling. 
that they're playing decent football. They're I know they're only six and four. That's not even close to eight and two. But uh, they got a lot of weapons, and I'm going to be interested to see how this Ticats team plays against them. Our player of the game, Dylan Wynn, voted by you, the fans, or fifth quarter fan of the night. Everyone who stayed up to call in and chime in with their thoughts on tonight's game. For producer Mark Panopoulos, my name's Rick Samprin. Thanks for tuning in to the fifth quarter on 900 CHML.